and welcome to European Pharmaceutical Reviews podcast. In this episode, we're talking about industry collaboration in microbiology. I'm thrilled to be joined by Alison Scott, Lynn Johnson and Miriam Guest, who is speaking on behalf of the M-Cubed Collaboration, a group that brings together cross-industry participants with the goal of modernising pharmaceutical microbiology. My name's Caroline Peachy. I'm the editor of European Pharmaceutical Review, and I'll be your host today. In this episode, we're discussing the benefits of industry collaboration, as well as exploring some of the challenges involved. Our three speakers will also highlight some of the progress made to drive forward modern microbial methods and to address some of the common issues affecting the industry. Hi, Alison, Lynn and Miriam. Thank you so much for joining me today. To start us off, please could you tell us a little bit about the M-Cubed collaboration and your role? Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I've been part of different industry collaborations since 2014. So I've worked with biofluorescent particle counters for about 13 years and became a member of the Process and Environmental Monitoring Methods Working Group back in 2014. And then in the end of 2020, our PEM group met with BioForum to talk about what we had been working on, our plans for the future, and where our goals overlapped. And at that meeting, we decided to have a summit in the beginning of 2021. And that brought together the Process and Environmental Monitoring Methods Working Group, or PEM, and the Kilmer Consortium, which was started by Johnson & Johnson. The BioForum, of course, and then the OWBA, or Online Water Bioburden Analyzer Working Group. So we all met, we came together, presented on what we had been working on, what our goals were, and where we might overlap and maybe where we could work together. And out of that summit, we formed the Modern Microbial Methods Collaboration, or M-Cubed Group. And so that's the group that we're all here representing, but all of us came from different working groups initially. So I can, Lynn and Miriam, I'm sure we'll talk more about the two that they they joined the group as part of. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Alison. Over to you, Lynn. Great. Alison gave a really nice overview of the M-Cube collaboration. So I am currently a senior scientist for microbial control and viral safety at National Resilience. I have been working in all fields of microbiology, including modern microbial methods for about 17 years. And I came into the M-Cube collaboration through the BioForum Alternative Rapid Micro Methods team. This BioForum team is really focused on driving forward the use of modern microbial methods. And they have multiple working groups within there. And it included the biofluorescent particle counters. So within that specific sub-team, other members had mentioned that There were several working groups working on the same topic, including another working group that I'm part of, which is the online water bioburden analyzer working team. So I think seeing that we have so many commonalities and and goals within these working teams, that's how how I came into the M-Cubed collaboration. Fantastic. And Miriam, how about you? I've been working in pharmaceutical microbiology for over 20 years, you know, in my early career developing methods and looking at microcontamination control strategies. And in the last six years, I've been leading the charge on modernising microbiology at AstraZeneca. So looking at what technologies are available and developing the strategy for that. So 
to enable that, I've been part of a few industry collaborations and that's been really useful to inform and, and guide. So I was part of the online water bioburn analysis working group, the OBA group that both Alison and Lynn have mentioned. And then from there, I joined the M-Cube consortium. However, I've since switched really with Lynn. I've, I've moved into the Bioforum ARMM group and a colleague has, has picked up the OBA group within AZ as well because you know, just time management, really. But that's how I arrived at MQ. Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to learning a bit more about the collaboration. You've touched on it already, but could you just give a bit more detail on how you arrived at this collaboration and, and what you do? I now facilitate the MQ steering committee and one of its three sub-teams. So after that summit that occurred in 2021, we formed a steering committee to help kind of guide the group and then three sub-teams that would focus on different topics that were mentioned at that initial summit. And so the first sub-team focuses uh, or has focused on an article that goes over uh, different challenges encountered when you're working with this specific type of modern method, the biofluorescent particle counting or BFPC. The second sub-team has focused on baseline counts, understanding your environment and how to set alert and action levels. And then this third subgroup or sub-team is more generally focused on modern methods in general and creating tools that will help users of that technology. So I ended up with the group kind of when it started and then started to facilitate that steering committee in, in one of the sub-teams. Fantastic. Thank you. And Lynn, how about you? So I was newer to the biofluorescent particle counter topic and being part of the Bioforum ARMM, they worked on air monitoring aspects of it. And then as part of the OWBA, they worked on water bioburden aspects. So it was a new learning experience for me to learn about this technology. And I think joining in the M-Cubed collaboration helped with learning on those different topics, especially with implementation. I'm part of the sub-team three that Allison had mentioned with the communications toolbox. I felt like one big part of driving forward modern microbial methods is how do you communicate to your stakeholders? What tools do you need? I think some of those get lost. You get really excited about technologies. And then what do you do? You need to you know, you need people to buy in. So that's a big driver for me with coming into the M-Cube collaboration is learning more about the communication tools. Fantastic. And Miriam, for you as well, it'd be great if you could give us a bit of an overview about, you know, who's involved in the collaboration. We've got a wide range of participants and, and that's what makes it so valuable for knowledge sharing and learning. We've got so much experience across. So I joined subgroup three which Alison does a fantastic job of facilitating you know she's really a great leader for us all and, and keeps us on track and helps ensure we're delivering on that we've got different people from from different parts of the industry whether that be you know end users so pe people like myself who may be using that technology but we also have vendors represented there so a lot of the knowledge sits with the vendors and the people that develop the technology and, and live and breathe it. So to have those open dialogue with those present really helps drive us forward to, in terms of the understanding. How do you see this collaboration benefiting the industry? From our perspective at AstraZeneca, you know, we're really valuing the cross-industry collaboration that we're seeing in the non-competitive space. You know, being able to have these dialogues with people all over the world on Teams it's really helpful, you know, we're able to open doors that would have been very difficult to open 20 years ago. 
And one of the things that connects all of us represented on the, the collaboration is that we're all interested in a modern microbial control strategy. So we're prioritising the patient. You know, we want robust control measures there. So advancing in new technologies is something we want to do. I think when you're working on your own in an organisation, there's probably less microbiologists than other skill areas. So being able to sit with like-minded microbiologists and talk through some of the challenges is great. And in the communication sub-team, we're able to share some of the difficult conversations we've had in our organisations. You know, there's, there's certainly a level of inertia to change. So being able to hear that from our industry peers and colleagues and get an idea for how they've navigated those challenges has been really helpful. And I think we're seeing it in publications externally. There's been a lot more adoption of modern micro methods in the last five years than perhaps the last 20 years. And this communication collaboration can only facilitate that and enable it further. I would also say that, like Miriam said, there's definitely more adoption of modern microbial methods. I think it's a critical time right now to be able to share our ideas, how we're getting things moving forward and implementation strategies. I think one really positive thing about the M-Cubed collaboration is that there isn't a membership. It's not a subscription. It's truly just people volunteering their time, sharing ideas. And I think the open forum for people to who are interested in learning about modern microbial methods, who want to contribute their ideas, who want to share. I think it's really positive and it really helps promote adoption of these modern microbial methods. Yeah, I completely agree. It's such a, a large technical knowledge group within industry. I mean, we've got hundreds of years of experience across all of the members of this collaboration and so many different backgrounds. So there, you know, many of the group are microbiologists. There are some that aren't in terms of uh, as Miriam said, developers of technologies, different groups within companies. So we all bring kind of different perspectives and background in addition to, you know, different members having implemented different technologies or going through hurdles and having ways to mitigate or overcome those that they can share with the group so that it's easier as the group moves forward. So we can share that, that knowledge and that perspective so that we don't have to make the same not that it's necessarily a mistake, but so that you don't have to make, you know, do the same thing twice if it didn't result in a good outcome. You can can learn from each other and and discuss and also try to problem solve or troubleshoot. And it, it's just a really nice forum of knowledge that can be shared. And then you also get to know a, a really neat group of people that you might not have known as well before from different companies. And, you know, we meet as often as weekly. So we get to see <laughs> we get to see each other on a really regular basis, which is actually great. That sounds fantastic. It'd be really great if you could give a bit more insight into some of the progress and achievements that the collaboration has made. With all of these you know, different groups, different companies that have come together, we wanted to lay out kind of rules for the collaboration so that you could keep in mind what to share, what not to share, you know, in terms of a, a lot of companies have confidential information that they don't want sharing. I think it's prevented a lot of open sharing in the past. So just put out there, you know, only share what you're able to share within the group, within the open collaboration. And I think that really helped to set the stage for the collaboration and say, you know, this is a group where you can come and bring your ideas and it'll be a safe space to share 
and there isn't any sort of promotion of any one specific technology. It's very company and technology agnostic. So we created that pretty quickly just to to create a foundation for the collaboration in the organization. Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, it really is company and technology agnostic because Allison and I actually started at other companies. We were working at other companies when we came into the M-Cube collaboration. Now we're working for new companies and we're still participating. We're bringing up the same topics. We're able to participate. I think these topics that M-Cube have come up with in the discussions that we're having, it's still relevant. They're really important topics. Other people within M-Cube collaboration, they've also had moved on to other roles, they continue to participate, bring their knowledge and experience into the different sub-teams. You can learn actually a lot from listening to other people. They could be talking about different technologies, but you could bring back a lot of that knowledge and apply it to other things. So I think it's been really great with that for this collaboration. Last year, we published a roadmap article about those first steps of engaging with your company on adopting a new technology. And the dialogues that went into authoring that article and hearing from different people's experiences was really useful to hear. And we we got all that published last year. And then more recently, we've been working on a user requirement specification template. So a URS, it's something you will need to do if you want to adopt an alternative technology. So it was being part of the authoring team for that. Whilst we haven't pushed it out and published it just yet, I've already used that document internally for for my day-to-day work because it was really useful to see what other people on this journey were were using and different approaches to it to strengthen our, our approaches as well. So I think they were two big achievements so far that we've made sort of a, a tangible output for these discussions and dialogue. Subgroup one or subteam one has also published an umbrella article that works on and has challenges and ways to mitigate or overcome those with regards to implementation of biofluorescent particle counters. We've also presented at a number of industry um, meetings and workshops to share information about the collaboration and group. And it's also brought us into another collaboration. So we're going to present on the M-Cubed collaboration at the NIST RMTM workshop that's occurring later this month so that we can share what we do and learn more about what that collaboration does as well. So it's opening us up to all of these other collaborations that are out there and seeing how we can collaborate further. So it's been really interesting. You mentioned that you kind of actively look to address challenges and respond to what's going on in the industry. I just would be keen to get your insight, everyone's insight on what the main challenges are at the moment in pharmaceutical microbiology and specifically in the, you know, the rapid methods space and how the collaboration is kind of helping to address these. Yeah, I think adoption of new technologies has always been a challenge in this industry. You know, it it takes a lot of time. It can be expensive to adopt these new methods that aren't necessarily required, but are encouraged. And so I think seeing other companies succeed can be very beneficial because they they can share their success. They can share the challenges that they've overcome. And I think it really helps lead the industry forward. We're certainly seeing trends with our auditors and regulators looking at data integrity across the whole QC platform. And when you review the published warning letters on the FDA websites, you know, the data integrity in the microbiology lab is a real issue. You know, it's something that the regulators will ask us for information on. 
And actually, we're at a time where the access to technology to mitigate some of those risks and resolve those issues is here. The technology is available. So we're looking at how we can adopt that. So I think that challenge of bridging some of our very old-fashioned methods with, with modern techniques is one area. When Annex 1 was published in 2022... You know, there's a real call for industry to be moving with new technologies. So our regulators have been asking us to adopt them for a number of years. It's not just last year that they asked us to. So I think there's more steer from the regulators to adopt alternative technologies. One of the challenges we have with this is, is when we're using these newer technologies, when we're moving on from a legacy traditional method, we may not have all the knowledge that we had on that, something we've been doing repeatedly for hundreds of years. So I think that's where the collaboration is really powerful in, in bringing that dialogue with the vendors in because they have developed this technology. They live and breathe it. They really know it inside out. So when we're moving to very different ways of working, communication is key. You can learn something new off everyone you meet and having access to that, that real source of knowledge is is really helpful. Yeah, and I guess to add to some of what Miriam talked about with Annex 1, I see a challenge with developing the holistic contamination control strategy. So it's a fantastic thing that all companies should have, but I think not everyone is quite there yet. So it could be a really, when you're looking at a daunting task, right? And regular leader, regulators are asking for as we mentioned, please use these modern microbial methods. It'll really help with overall contamination control strategy. It'll help with the monitoring, your controls, et cetera. I think we come to the issue of, this is really great. We have the support of using these technologies, but how? How do we apply it? How are we doing this? I have all this information about my facility now. I'm learning a lot through this contamination control program using these modern technologies to my aging facilities. There's costs associated with it. There's lots of concerns that come up with it. So you want to be able to address the items listed in Annex 1 and other regulatory documents. You want to make a robust contamination control strategy program at your site. And I think MCube collaboration helps with this because it's providing tools there. We're providing templates for people to use. We're addressing, directly addressing some of those challenges that have come up in our papers and providing solutions for them. So I think it's been really valuable. Of course, there are these challenges, but we're trying to provide solutions for them through this collaboration. And then also related, when you're implementing all these new technologies, they're so fantastic in producing a lot of data, a lot of information about your processes, about your facility, about your test methods. What do you do with all that data, right? So the data analysis piece has been a really hot topic, and we are working in one of the sub-teams to create a paper to address this. Yeah, I think that's a really important one, too. And, you know, not all companies have a statistician, so it's really nice to be part of a collaboration where Maybe one company can bring its resources into the collaboration like a statistician, and then the group can gain, I don't know if it's access, but they they can gain benefit from those resources that one company might have and another doesn't. So it's another way that the collaboration is really useful and important and a way that we may not have collaborated in the past. I guess another layer is not all companies have a statistician. Not all companies have a statistician that understands microbiology data, too. I feel like that, that in particular, that one's a tough one to address. 
I just want to look ahead to the future now. I mean, what's next for the MQMT collaboration? I think we'll continue, of course, to collaborate, but to pay attention to what's happening within industry, to see what you know, pain points or hurdles different members of the collaboration are, are coming across to help form what we might be working on as tools to support industry. We have summits every year, and at the most recent summit in February, we invited regulators to the meeting. And so that was really exciting to have, you know, to expand the group that we're inviting to these meetings that we have every year where we discuss what we've accomplished and where we'd like to go. So I think we'll continue with that. I I mentioned participation in another collaborations workshop. So we continue to try and be aware of what's happening, not only within industry from a progression of modern methods perspective, but also what other collaborations are doing within industry, not only to make sure we don't overlap or duplicate what we're doing, but to see where we might be able to collaborate further. Yeah, I'm really excited for a lot of our upcoming publications. I feel like we've gotten a really great momentum and now we're addressing some some very, I guess, hot topics. Some of the publications I think we have to look forward to is related to validation of BFPC systems for use in GMP manufacturing environments. I'm sure Allison can speak to it, that that's itself is a big topic and there were <laughs> hot debates on, um, you know, how you would validate how, you know, what your people's opinions on it the extent to which you validate. So I think coming out with this unified publication will really help the industry with deciding where to go with um, validations for BFPCs. I think another really good topic that is coming out of the sub-teams is one related to regulatory expectations when it comes to microbial identifications. When you're using non-growth-based monitoring systems, I think that will be a really good opinion piece that will come out soon. As we mentioned earlier, the user requirements specification. We're planning to put out an article on that, and then we will share the template on our website, which actually recently launched after the summit we had last month or a couple of months ago. So we have a new website, modernmicrobialmethods.com. So we also are planning to continue to add content, publications, resources for people to use and go to the website. We were talking about opportunities to potentially expand the different sub-teams. So as we're talking about different topics, we could be creating new sub-teams to address them, such as I think one came up um, regarding automation and robotics. That's another topic that is related to all of these modern microbial methods. So that is potentially another sub-team that could be formed in the future. I think just to add, it's it's just that time restriction. We really want to share our learning and help facilitate uh, speeding up the progression into modern micro methods. But it's that time restriction that you can't do all the things all at once. So each little step is progress. And as Lynn mentioned, the validation article, there are some hot topics where you want it to go faster because you want to get, you know, guidance or thoughts out there to industry. But even amongst the group, there's a lot of discussion and sometimes, you know, differing opinions, disagreement. And so it's actually really great to discuss all of that amongst a group that's familiar with these technologies, because if we can't agree on it, then we can't expect to put out a paper and have it so that there aren't all of the the questions and perspective maybe answered or put forth in a, a way that makes sense. And so it can lead to lively discussions within the group. But like we said, it's, it's, a group where there's a lot of respect. And so we can have these discussions um, and disagreements in a way that 
you know, we all walk away from it with an appreciation for the perspective of others and no ill feelings or ill will. So it, it really leads to good discussion, even if we can't put out papers as quickly as we might like on some of these topics. Are you working with people outside of the pharma industry to collaborate? Is there any opportunity for cross-sector collaboration? I think there probably is in the future. I think currently on a a company level, I'm working with someone that's traditionally a a clinical microbiology supplier rather than pharma microbiology. But I'm certainly seeing the value of looking over the fence of what's out there, perhaps in food, in, in clinical, in in other aspects so potentially you know that could be an expansion of the collaboration I'm sure we would learn a lot from each other you know and that different lens on things would be really helpful to get included so yeah one one to consider for the future. And I think we've had members of personal care participating in some of the founding subgroups in the past food and beverage so there have been a few other industries I think the Parenteral Drug Association, I know this is another group, but they've done a good job of bringing in like keynote speakers from semiconductor industries, automotive industries. And so I, I completely agree with Miriam. It, the perspective that some of these other industries could bring could be really useful. Yeah, I think it's useful in that some of the other industries don't have maybe the constraints that we do in pharma. So it's it's a lot that we can learn for implementation. Maybe they have some more innovative ways to push things through a little quicker that we could adopt. So there definitely is a lot to learn from other sectors. So it sounds really great. And there's huge scope for you to develop this further in future. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time to discuss today. But thank you, Alison, Lynn and Miriam for sharing more about your work to collaboratively modernise pharmaceutical microbiology. On behalf of European Pharmaceutical Review, and the M-Cubed collaboration. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode.